listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it is Tuesday the 7th of September and this is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap. The Reserve Bank kept the official cash rate at 0.1%, a record low. That was as expected. So the focus was on its quantitative easing program and... This is what it had to say today. The RBA board meeting and in a statement, Governor Philip Lowe said the Delta outbreak is expected to delay but not derail the recovery. And as vaccination rates increase further and restrictions are eased, the economy should bounce back. Now, the uncertainty is the timing of that bounce back and the ongoing health of the situation. So as a result, the RBA is continuing with its plan to reduce or taper the amount of government bonds it's buying from $5 billion a week to $4 billion, but has extended how long it will buy at those levels from a November deadline to February. So for more, I spoke earlier with the Chief Economist at AMP Capital, Shane Oliver. Shane, how does the RBA feel about the economy? Because to me, from the first look at the statement, it seems cautiously optimistic. I would describe the Reserve Bank as cautiously optimistic. The Governor, I think, is trying to describe the economy as like a glass half full. Uh, Yes, they admit there will be disruption in the September quarter, quite a material disruption, to use their wording, Um, but they think that will be a delay, be temporary, and that by the middle of next year, the economy will be back on the same path they are expecting prior to the Delta outbreak. It's expecting growth in the December uh, quarter, so it doesn't expect a recession. Is that something you agree with? Look, I I think we probably will see growth in the December quarter, but I don't think it will be as quick as the Reserve Bank is hoping for. The Reserve Bank admits we're going to take a big hit in the current quarter, but I think the pace of recovery is going to be a lot slower, at least initially, than the Reserve Bank is allowing for. Um, for several reasons. One is we've got a lot of cases in New South Wales and Victoria. That means we may not be able to open as, reopen as quickly as we'd previously thought. Um, people will have to get used to coronavirus uh, numbers being relatively high. That will result in a fair degree of caution compared to the reopening last year when we had COVID zero. So I think the initial reopening and recovery this time around will be slower. It's going to take a while longer to get the unemployment rate back onto the downward track that the the Reserve Bank was seeing just a couple of months ago. Does that then perhaps explain its decision as why it is still going ahead with its plan to taper, so from $5 billion of bond purchases per week to $4 billion, but to extend it from November to mid-February? Yeah, the RBA is having a bit of a bet both ways here. On the one hand, they are continuing with the taper. They're slowing down the rate of bond purchases, from $5 billion to $4 billion, but they've said that they'll continue that, that pace of bond buying out to February of next year. In other words, for another three months at least, longer than they were previously signalling. So it, it looks like a longer, slower taper uh, than the Reserve Bank was signalling a few months ago. Does it suggest these moves by the RBA that some of the heavy lifting has been done by the government? I think there's several factors at play here. The Reserve Bank in the past has, in fact, uh, just a a month or so ago, was signalling that this is really more of a role for fiscal policy. I think they also signalled that uh, because they are optimistic that growth would rebound in 2022, which is when the bond buying impacts, um, and they therefore expected things would be back on track, therefore they didn't need to change what they're doing right now. 
But bottom line is the Reserve Bank, I think, has come around to the view that uh, fiscal policy should be playing a bigger role here, which is fair enough. Um, the only thing I would say, though, is that the hit to the economy in the near term is a lot greater. The recovery will be slower, at least initially, than the Reserve Bank is allowing for. It's going to take longer to get back to full employment than we were previously expecting, and that, I think, probably justifies an easier monetary policy than what the Reserve Bank is currently signalling. Is it worried at all about the housing market? Well, the Reserve Bank keeps uh, repeating that house prices have been strong, but it's monitoring things closely. Its key focus is uh, lending standards. It wants those lending standards from the banks to be maintained at a reasonably, uh, I guess, responsible level. Um, and so it doesn't want to see any deterioration in lending standards. So I guess this has been the story for the last six months now, um, and house prices have continued to surge. Um, so I am, again, a little bit surprised that they're not a little bit more concerned about the uh, the booming housing market. And finally, the RBA is saying no rate rise until 2024. Do you think that's still the likely case? Look, to be honest with you, if we go back prior to this Delta outbreak, I thought there could have been a rate hike in 2023. And I thought the Reserve Bank uh, would be proved too pessimistic on that front. But the problem with the Delta outbreak is that it has it has slowed the recovery. It will delay progress towards full employment. And therefore, I, ne- I now have a similar view to the Reserve Bank and, and agree with them. We're probably not going to see a rate hike until 2024 at the earliest. Shane Oliver there, the Chief Economist at AMP Capital. The Australian share market fell at the open, was down for most of the day, but following the RBA meeting, actually gained some steam to close, only marginally stronger. The S&P ASX 200 up by 0.02%, 7,530. For more on that and the market's reaction to the RBA meeting, I spoke earlier with Evan Lucas from InvestSmart. Evan, how did the markets react to the RBA's decision today? Several different ways. Let's look at the Aussie dollar first, because I think that's the first initial reaction that we saw to the to what was going on with the RBA. It's interesting. Net net, we know that they've started tapering today, but they're running for longer. So the initial reaction actually in the Aussie dollar was to shoot up, because realistically they're telling us they're taking some money out of the economy from five billion to four billion of their monthly repurchases with their quantitative easing. So the reaction initially was a jump in the Aussie dollar because it's t- what we would classify as a tightening scenario. Therefore, you know, you are going to see a positive movement for the currency. But as the day wore on, you actually read into what they're saying. They are basically here for the long haul. And and by long haul, I'm not just talking about them saying that 2024 might be when rates rise. They're saying possibly even longer than that. And the market, particularly the equity market, started to really wake up to that point. They are highlighting that they need full employment to basically consider moving their their current rate position. And we weren't reaching full employment pre-COVID, let alone post-COVID, where we now have a different scenario than what we had even nine weeks ago where the New South Wales outbreak started, which low numbers to no numbers, confidence was there. Do we actually therefore have the scenario where the two largest populated states are separated from the rest of the country? Looks like a possibility. That's going to be a confidence problem. So the RBA is telling us that we are now here for as long as we need. We're happy for it to go past what we need to. So from a market's perspective and how we look at that, the market is going to actually say there's a real positive because you've now got almost a known backstop for an absolute unforeseeable period of time. The other thing I wanted to get your take on, iron ore prices, they're continuing to sink. 237 US, a record back in May, 
around about 132, 135 now. Are the miners or is the government set to be worried about this? Uh, the government would probably be slightly worried. Uh, and the reason I say that is, is that part of the reason why up till the June GDP numbers that we just had, that we'd done so well, is that net exports had had an incredible run. We knew that the current account surplus is exploding because on a value basis, we've been extracting an incredible amount. The other advantage that we've been getting probably over the last six weeks, six months, sorry, is that the Aussie dollar has actually been helping us. The falling Aussie dollar, because everything in iron ore is priced in US dollars, so we're getting more in price in US dollars, repatriating that back to Australia at 70 cents rather than at sort of 80 cents where we were at the start of the year. So it has been real positive. So the government's had a bigger take-home in tax, a bigger take-home in terms of the growth, the confidence it's given the economy has been good. It has also, as you said, the miners have done incredibly well. My argument therefore would be is that those dividends that we just saw from your BHP, your Rios and your FMGs, they are, in my view, under real threat. There is no way you can be giving those kinds of special dividends and having a yield of 15-odd percent if you're an FMG if all of a sudden you're losing near enough to $100 US a tonne difference in the side of six months. So they're the two answers to it. It will be different. But again, I think we've sort of forgotten miners are cyclical companies. They are cyclical players. They are fully exposed to the whims of of growth cycles. And, and China has been through a growth cycle to get out of COVID. And we've taken advantage on the upside, but it also means we've got to be ready for the downside, which is when they do start to turn the taps off like they are now um, and have had steel issues where they don't need to produce the kind of levels of steel they were in the middle of the year. So it's all, all of those together that sort of answer that question. Evan Lucas there from Invest Smart. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Music